I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there or meet them at a trade show or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them now at 514-488-3618 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. This is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group. Today we got John O'Toole with us. He's the CEO of the Beaufort County, South Carolina Economic Development Corporation. John, thank you for being with us. Great to be with you, Chad. So his area is the Hilton Head area. I know it's bigger than that, John, so I don't want to discriminate against the rest of your county, but I know it for Hilton Head, so, and that's what most of our listeners would know it. One of the absolute most beautiful parts of the country. So tell these folks a little bit about it. Well, Beaufort County is a, a beautiful part of the world each year, whether it's Condé Nast, Southern Living, Ray Hilton Head, one of the top islands in the U.S. to visit. So we'd encourage your listeners to get here and visit. Uh, maybe at some point, we may even get one of your conferences here on Hilton Head. But we also represent Bluffton, Port Royal, and the city of Beaufort, all unique communities within Beaufort County. So it's a wonderful part of the world we have the great fortune of promoting. And John had me over to the Hilton Head Golf Classic, I guess, two years ago. I know they had it this year, but they didn't have fans. They were one of the first – were they the first tournament back? Or I know they were one of the first tournaments back. I believe they may have been the second week, but it was yeah. early, yeah. Yeah, and just absolutely a beautiful area. I told you, I had been to the Masters the week before. So I did the Masters and Hilton Head two weeks in a row, and I think I had more fun at Hilton Head because it's just such a laid-back experience. And so uh, thank you for that invitation. Well, without giving out too many details, it looked like you were having fun, as was I. <laughs> Especially <laughs> off that 17th hole. <laughs> we were having a real good time at, at that house party. So, yes, sir. I know you all have had a lot of success helping small to mid-sized companies uh, locate there. And as you know, that's really Next Move Group's passion. So talk about the successes you have had. 40 and 50 jobs at a time, 20 and $30 million investments at a time and so forth. And, and why those small to mid-sized companies love that quality of life in Hilton Head. 
Well, it's, it is interesting, Chad, and I'll try to get through that fairly quickly. Beaufort County is beautiful. Hospitality and tourism is a $1.5 billion a year business here, uh, as well as our military base is a $2.2 billion business or impact on the county. With that, uh, early on, I'll call it the Holy Spirit told me, pay attention to the environment, honor the environment, because they've tried economic development in this county over the last 20 years and haven't had the success that we're seeing to date. So by putting people at ease on the issue of the environment, making sure that projects we're plugging in don't disrupt what people love about the region and uh, don't change the scale of what people like in the region has been really a blessing. And so, you know, in, in two, just over two years of full operations, uh, we've done 28 different projects. Instead of shooting for elephants and the mega projects, we're shooting what I call for rabbit and deer. You know, we've been landing projects that kind of over time fill up the bucket. We're at over 160 million dollars of capital investment, 553 jobs, averaging over $48,000 a year per job. So we believe, uh, as I'm sure many of your listeners, their passion is that we are changing people's lives, one job, 15 jobs, 20 jobs, uh, 50 jobs at a time. So it's been going quite well. We're real happy. Many of the residents are, and our board is very happy. So uh, we're doing good. Now, you just had a success from a New Jersey company, didn't you? Won't you tell us about that one? Yeah, it hasn't actually been announced yet, but Beaufort City Council approved a sale of three acres with an option on another three. So this company is going to put up 15,000 square feet, planning ultimately to expand that to 30,000. Again, bringing 27 jobs to the county. And what, what's kind of interesting about this project, we call it Project Garden, coming out of the Garden State, is that during COVID, I would have thought investors would have maybe taken their foot off the gas pedal. But this is a good example of manufacturers seeing the opportunities in the Southeast and in South Carolina and specifically Beaufort County. So it's been very encouraging to see, and I know you've put efforts into it as well, people looking to expand their U.S. production abilities and reshoring manufacturing jobs. So I do believe this is also part of the move of people moving out of these heavily populated areas where when you have to be confined at home, this isn't a bad place to be confined to. And in fact, many of our manufacturers didn't cease operation. A few pivoted and many others, uh, their, their manufacturing continue to go. So as an area that's reliant on hospitality and tourism, it's kind of nice to see that by building this diverse economy, this part of the economy has done well through COVID. John, those folks in South Carolina sound a lot more like me than you. So I, I know you are from the New England area. Are you seeing much success with those type companies wanting to put, not necessarily move their whole plant, but wanting to put branch locations in uh, in your area? I bet they'd be very attractive to that quality of life. Yeah, we, we've specifically focused probably two years ago on, on states that may have had more of a hostile legislative session towards business, or uh, there was a perception of not being business friendly. Sadly, but opportunistically, we've, we have focused on the Northeast where we've worked with FDI, Camoyne 310, and Floor to generate leads and have been pleased with all three firms. But we've gotten pretty good leads out of there. And, you know, being American, we're not really trying to uh, 
loot anyone else's area. But if a company is looking to expand to an area where the population is growing, uh, where you have access to the Savannah and the Charleston ports, uh, we look pretty good. Yeah, so tell these folks where you're located. So I remember when I came to see you, I flew into Savannah. You're only, what, 30, 40 minutes from the Savannah airport, so you're kind of between Savannah and Charleston. Yeah, worth noting, if you're coming to Hilton Head, the Savannah Airport is called the Savannah Hilton Head Airport, and there is actually a Hilton Head Airport. When I fly in and out of the county, I'm seven minutes from my home, so that's pretty convenient. Savannah Airport is a Delta feeder as well, so uh, it's a good airport to fly out of. Our Hilton Head Airport will get you up to Charlotte for your connecting flight, so it's pretty accessible. Right off 95, towards the south end of the state, near the Georgia border, people who locate here could benefit from rail service, but certainly from the ports of Savannah and Charleston, among the largest on the East Coast. I think one of the most impressive things you all are doing is the workforce program with your Marines as they exit the Marines. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? It was really resonating with employers, uh, our value proposition for employees pre-COVID. As you recall, we were as a nation near full employment or virtually full employment. And so if somebody's going to plunk down an investment in your community, how are, who's going to operate the machinery? And you have to have an answer on workforce. We are blessed, you know, and, and we've partnered with communities in Tennessee and in North Carolina, economic developers in those states to understand best practices in capturing, exiting military. In our county, we have uh, annually 2,100 exiting Marines and uh, we, we can benefit from their spouses as well. Also at our colleges of that population, we have about, well, literally last semester, 1,363 in those programs, and they stay in the area to the tune of about 90%. So with numbers, quantitatively, uh, we can show employers where their employees might come from. And, and in particular, for people who are particularly patriotic, you know, having Paris Island here in the Marine Corps Air Station at Buford, people like Marines. They're pretty tenacious. They can pass a drug test, a background test, and show up to work on time. So that's been our ace in the hole, and we, we call that program the Fidelis Employment Program. Uh, we work with the uh, Buford Regional Chamber of Commerce commerce to promote that and our other area partners. But it's not only a feeder for our county, uh, but for the region. Thank you, John. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back with a lot more with John O'Toole after this. I want to thank Location One. Some folks know it as Lois for sponsoring today's podcast. Location One has, in my opinion, the best building and sites database in the economic development industry. I am often asked by economic developers, Chad, if you were an economic developer again, what would be the first thing you'd do? And it is without question, without question, first thing I'd do would be put my builders and sites on Lois. And let me tell you why that would be. Number one, I always did economic development in small to mid-sized towns, and one of our struggles was just getting eyeballs on our property. That was our struggle. Lois overcomes that struggle for you. So the mistake I used to make is I would just put my buildings and sites on the state economic development database. Well, every time I did economic development, I was close to a border. So I was basically bordered another state. And anybody looking for buildings just across the way in the other state wouldn't find my buildings because I only had it on my state economic development website. I couldn't have made a dumber move looking back, but hey, it's what I did. 
when you advertise your buildings and sites on Lois, it goes to a nationwide database. So prospects looking for a certain site or certain building in the whole country can find you based on the parameters they put in. If they're looking at a radius, they're probably going to find you if they're looking in the state next door. If your building or site is on Lois, it's also the most responsive friendly I have seen. So I love looking at buildings and sites on my iPad. I much rather look on my iPad when we're doing site selection work in the field than on my computer. Computer. And I have found Lois is basically the only big buildings and sites database I found that works well on my iPad. A lot of the other ones, they just don't work as well. They tear the thing down. They don't remember your, your search query. If you put in 50,000 feet and you back it out, it forgets it. They're just hard to deal with. Lois is not. It's easy to use. It's just as easy for economic developers as it is site selectors. It walks you through inserting your information. So it tells you, place your gas line information here. Place your water line information here so you don't have to guess. You don't have to know code to make this thing work. But most importantly, once you push save, once you enter your information, it's going to go in a nationwide database, which is going to get a ton, a ton of eyeballs on your builders and sites. Way more than you'd get on them on your own if you just put it on your website or advertise it on the state economic development website. It also inputs ESRI data for radiuses of your buildings and sites. So a prospect's not just looking at a building or site when they find your information. They can actually see information about your labor force. You don't even have to put it in there. It does it for you automatically. This is the best buildings and sites database I have found. I encourage you, go to location1.com, sign up for a demo, see how this thing works. Transition to location one. You'll be real happy you did. Now walk us through a little bit about the things you've learned in your career that other economic developers might can learn from. So I met you when you were, I think, with Yankee Gas, if I remember. So you come from the utility side, and we found uh, a lot of the best economic developers have a utility company in their background somehow. So talk about your career there, maybe what you learned that set you up for what you're doing in Butte. Well, it is interesting. Prior to joining the utility, and I had worked for Eversource, which uh, assumed Yankee Gas and Northeast Utilities, but working at Eversource for 18 years after leaving local politics, I was a mayor of a small town. I believe that even though I'm chatty when you ask me a question, I believe the best thing an economic developer can be is humble and a good listener. If you do those sort of things, people will work with you twice. As we know, economic development is a team sport. It's not, I did this, I did that. I have a great team here with our regional partners at the Southern Carolina Alliance, uh, with the state of South Carolina, with our utility partners, with our community colleges. And if, if you don't have all these people want to work with you on more than one project, you're out of business as an economic developer. The other side of it is, is that you're going to be working with external interests. And it doesn't matter what I want to chat about. It's more important that our response in Beaufort County is responsive to what their business needs are. And by extension, I, I, I met with two companies, one in uh, Yonkers, New York, and another one on Fifth Avenue in New York. They weren't a good fit for my county, but I wanted to work with them to help place them in a neighboring county so that by extension, our reputation of being thoughtful, responsive, and attentive uh, would grow. And I think if you're those two things, th those are a pretty good brand to hang your hat on, you know, to be humble, to serve, and to achieve results. Now, how long did you serve as mayor? Three terms or six years. 
Wow. So what did you learn from that experience that now helps you communicate with your mayors? A lot of economic developers say, oh, my mayor's driving me crazy. So considering you've said on both sides, <laughs> what have you learned that might help economic developers deal with their elected officials? Well, I, I would say I was elected when I was 31. And so I drove people crazy, just like a mayor would. <laughs> what I learned, and it, it really carries over to economic development is, is that I was 31, hard charging, wanted to run government like a, a business. In retrospect, and even with the projects we take on here in Beaufort County, what I learned is, is that people want to live in a community and you could push really hard and tear at the fabric of community. So as an economic developer, make, what, make sure what you do and how you approach things uh, doesn't tear at the fabric of community because at the end of the day, you, certainly people want to provide for their families, but they want to live in an area that is friendly, they feel like they belong to something larger than themselves. So even I, I look at national politics here without getting into Republican and, and Democrat. I, I believe in the aftermath of 2020, people are going to want to belong to communities. So how'd you get into the business? I know you also sold insurance at one time. So did you get in it after your mayor's role or what got you into economic development? Well, I'd done a insurance for about 11 years and, and uh, it wasn't a good fit for my personality. It, it wasn't that fulfilling. So then I ran for uh, mayor of Seymour, Connecticut, kind of on a lark, figuring, you know, at the end of it, I would have a like a master's in government and budgeting. I had a lot more to learn about that, as the record will show, but I learned a lot about people. The aspect of being mayor that in a small town was attracting businesses. And we did, we did quite well when I was in office. The plan was economic development is going to drive the education budget, our public safety, our parks. Uh, so I, I gravitated towards economic development as the revenue side of running a government. I fell in love with it. And the utility actually sought me out at the end of my third term. And I had put in term limits. So I was, I was limiting out. And so I got picked up by the utility and did it for 18 years. To be honest, I always hoped that that experience would be similar to what you see in Georgia Power or the Southern Company or Duke, but the utilities never really got engaged like the Southern utilities do in economic development. So it's kind of nice to re return back to the county level, kind of see where the rubber hits the road. It's very satisfying. Thank you, John. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back with a lot more with John O'Toole after this. On June 4th, Next Move Group launched a new initiative called The Movement, which is really designed to do three different things. One, help economic developers improve their quality of lives by making more money. Two, helping economic development organizations land more deals. And three, by helping economic development organizations recruit jobs back home from China. You have probably seen emails of various different video courses that were sent out as part of the movement. And I'll tell you so far, the two most popular courses have been these. One, board training for economic development board members and elected officials. What are their proper roles and responsibilities? And more importantly, what their roles and responsibilities are not. And our other bestseller so far has been how to help small to mid-sized rural communities 
build a systemic machine-like program to land manufacturing plants, where they don't just land one manufacturing plant, but where they land many manufacturing plants. We are selling these just one right after the next. So one, thank you. We have actually sold about 300% more memberships and revenue than we anticipated we would sell at this point in time. So thank you to all of our members. If you've not joined the movement, go to thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement to learn more about it. Thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement. You can either join on a monthly basis and receive all our content at once, or you can just buy one piece of content at a time. That's thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement. And how did you find coming to the South as somebody from Connecticut? I mean, was it welcoming? Was it slower than you were used to? How long did it take you to kind of adjust? My my Southern listeners will be upset if I didn't ask you that. Okay. Well, I'll give, a, I'll give an honest answer. In Beaufort County, they have something, uh, a point of pride is to uh, let people know you're going to get a low country welcome. And it is a palpable welcome here. I, I will say occasionally you do get the sense that people are, are hearing you or listening to you and saying, bless your heart. Uh, <laughs> by and large, uh, this is an area, and the South is probably to a great degree uh, made up of people from all over. So in Beaufort County, you know, you don't get, you know, with the growth we've had, people are, are coming from away. I try to honor the traditions, the culture of the region, and I believe whether you travel to France or Italy or to the South, you know, people just want to know that you recognize and appreciate uh, their culture and their history. So it's it's gone quite well. It's gone quite well, and people have been very receptive. So I, I have to say this. It's uh, probably because of the fact that the spiritual life is on, on people's shirt sleeves in a way. You know, it's a very kind area to uh, come to, and they've been very welcoming to me. Well, and you've got a very warm and hospitable personality, so I think you fit in well there. I, at least you did when I was over for the uh, for the tournament. We had a we had a real good time. Did the hurricane a few weeks ago cause y'all any problems, or was all that north of you? Interestingly enough, I flew I flew back onto Hilton Head Monday, landed at eleven thirty. We had a half hour rain and really no wind impacts uh, here. And then if you go up into Myrtle Beach and uh, just into the North Carolina area and all the way up into New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, where I have family, some of them are just getting power back today, a week later. So oddly enough, landfall wasn't far from here, but there was no impact. Yeah, you just never know one of those things. Well, as we wind down, I got to ask you about your New York Mets. If y'all just had a bullpen, I think you might be okay. So you got any advice for them? Oh, on paper, we have a bullpen. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, they just beat the Marlins, which I, I guess uh, the Marlins were in first place. Now the Atlanta Braves are. You know, it's a long season. And when you're a Mets fan since uh, uh, 1969, which was probably our heyday, you just enjoy one game, one win at a time. But uh, <laughs> it's a blessing that baseball's back. It kind of, even though the the TV coverage seems peculiar and odd, it's nice to nice to see the competition going on. So hopefully we'll get back to normal. Yeah, I agree. They uh, They played the Braves the other day and I watched them. I had bet a little money on the game online on the Mets, so I had interest in it. And uh, I think they were had 10 to 4 in the eighth inning and ended up losing. So <laughs> they, they just, every reliever they brought in just threw it right down the middle and let them, let them hit oh, it as hard as they wanted to. It's terrible. You'd hate to be Jacob DeGrom where you have to pitch either a no-hitter to win or a, a one-run game. 
Oh, yeah, if he gives up two runs, he loses. But at least they're playing. My team's the Cardinals, and I think they've played five games. They got shut down with COVID, so they haven't played in a, in a couple weeks now. So, uh, And now there's talk that, you know, this morning they said college football would be canceled. Now they're saying it's back on. So who knows? I don't think we'll know until we, until we get there. Well, John, is there anything that you'd like to share with our audience about your story or Beaufort County, either one I hadn't asked you about? Well, no, I, I probably should say yes. But uh, no, it's always a pleasure to interact with your firm. You know, I know you kind of pump out on Lois and FDI. The folks that do advertise on your program uh, have been good partners of ours over the years. No, it's just a, a blessing to uh, be here, be well, and I hope every American, every economic developer who's on uh, listening to this podcast stays healthy. Everyone does what we can to kind of flatten COVID, and uh, God willing, there'll be a vaccine soon. And tell these folks your website. A lot of people are going to hear Hilton Head and say, I at least want to go check his website out. So how would they find you? Okay. And it's Buford. It's spelled as beautiful at the beginning. Buford, S-C-E-D-C.org. And the reason it's so long is there's a Beaufort in North Carolina, a oh. nice area as well. So, uh, but Buford, S-C-E-D-C.org. And uh, if I can ever help anyone or if anyone ever has a question of what works or doesn't work, we'll uh, try to help out any way we can. All right. Thank you, John. Thank you, Chad.